welcome, my friends, in Transylvania for a new podcast, which is just like Transylvania, full of surprises and has no vampires whatsoever. We're here with Elena in the fine city of Kronstadt, or Brasov if you live in this century, and get ready for sayings, legends, food, drink, tips, and more. Hello, listener. Hello, listeners. I specify in case there's only one person listening. Welcome in Transylvania. This is very exciting. We're in the beautiful city of Brasov and the room is packed with knowledge and full of facts. Hello, Elena. Hello, Ben. Hello, guys. Did I say that right? Yes. Your name? Yeah, surprisingly, yes. Oh. Almost nobody gets it right. So. All <laughs> oh, right. Well, I wrote it down. I saw. That's, mm-hmm. that's how I do it. I thought I might introduce you uh, in song. Would you, would you like that? Definitely. Oh. She's a tour guide, tour guide The city will have nothing to hide If you go with this tour guide, this tour guide Elena! Hey! <laughs> okay, nobody ever wrote a song about me, was so it? I'm profoundly impressed with this. Oh, oh, thank you very much. Was that accurate enough? Are you a tour guide? Well, yes. Perfect. Well, let's get started. Uh, we're here in Transylvania, which has a particular meaning. I think it means something to do with trees. It means the land over the forest, the land beyond the forest. And, you know, everybody, uh, all of the important characters, Harry Potter had a forest, a magical forest, and uh, Narnia has a special forest. So do. we, the people in Transylvania, also have this forest, and it's magical, mystical, so it's good. And it's, it's actually uh, practical to uh, get to it, because you don't have to go into a cupboard or uh, into a wall of a London station. You can just take a train from Bucharest. <laughs> Actually, yeah. Which is very practical. Yeah, definitely. Um, oh, I've got a little welcome Transylvania bit. Yeah. So I welcomed you and now welcome in Transylvania. Okay. It's... Um, welcome to Transylvania! Beware of the really nice castles and lovely mountains, actually. Yeah, I think uh, it's misconception that Transylvania is somewhat scary, but I just find it really charming but let's say a short word about transylvania it's actually only been part of romania for actually less than a hundred years yeah well actually our country is a very young one it's been formed less than a hundred years in 1918 by the union of three major regions which were transylvania uh, valachia in the south Mm -hmm. and moldavia in the east basically before of that Valachia and Moldavia, they were under the Ottoman influence since the 14th century, while Transylvania was under the Hungarian and later on the Austro-Hungarian influence since the 12th century. Right, so in the south, the Turks, and here, it was the Hungarian, the big empire. Well, the, Hung- the big empire, but they brought Germans here, uh, German colonists and the Teutonic Knights. So oh. basically Transylvania is a mix of Hungarian, Germans and Romanian people, which makes it more interesting. Definitely makes it interesting. But uh, we'll come back to that. I just wanted to stick with the Romanian um, heritage a tiny bit with the language. I've learned a couple of things. Maybe we could uh, help the listener uh, learn a couple of um, phrases in uh, in Romanian. I I learned something. um, Tell me if I'm saying this accurately. (laughs) Minte creata. Well, now we are encountering here a very frequent problem that most foreigners have in, pronou- in pronouncing the T with a comma underneath. Oh, I'll, I'll redo it, pronoun- I'll redo it. Okay. Minti creatza. Exactly. It's just yeah. that I wrote it on my piece of paper and obviously I, I forgot the little... <laughs> yeah, but you're pronouncing it What good, does it no? mean? Uh, it means, uh, you know, 
okay, motamor, word, word per word translation, mm -hmm. it means uh, mind, a curly mind. Uh, mm. So if you have a curly brain, you know, it means that you're kind of a smart ass, that you know it all. So, right. yeah, Definitely not my case. Then. <laughs> <laughs> not applicable. I wrote down one I like, Ipika Fisa. <laughs> okay, <laughs> very good one. And yeah. Uh, yeah, it's from Transylvania. I never heard people from the south uh, using this or not that much. Uh, it's actually pronounced Ya Picat Fisa. It's about a right. third person. Close enough, close enough. And it means, uh, again, word by word translation, it means that his coin just fell. On the floor but it actually means the fact that you understood the point you got it finally you know mm, so. my coin falls to the floor so if, if it's something it's too subtle for you, you so my <laughs> okay yeah you see what i did there so, yeah yeah, yeah <laughs> very okay. good you can gather your coins later yeah all my bunny bunny <laughs> bunny which which is the name of the little coins yeah, yeah. that nobody likes because nobody likes having them right yeah and they have such a small value so yeah. in the end it yeah. just they're annoying. Yeah, just keep the <laughs> notes. And uh, last one, I think uh, it's applicable here is Ura Silagara. Oh, okay. Okay. Uh, it's Ura. Yeah. Hooray. Good. <laughs> I wasn't sure you were going for that, though. Uh, to the station, it's Unspregada. Uh, oh, right. I thought it meant let's move along. Uh huh. That's why I picked it for the, the last one. But maybe uh, it doesn't. Hai Lagara. Hai Lagara. Well. It means like, come on. To the train station. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'm just writing that. I have no idea bit. who would be so enthusiastic to go to our train station. <laughs> but yeah, you can... Uh, oh, they're alright. I thought it was more of a figure of speech. <laughs> it's interesting. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe yeah. it's just somebody on the, on the internet made it up. But you know what? With this podcast, I'm going to make it enter the Romanian language. You should. Yeah. <laughs> <Definitely>. <laughs> I'm introducing a new traditional saying. Thank you Do for this I? language knowledge. So <laughs> let's just repeat. Minte creatza. 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 The pica fisa. Can you say that again? Do you want to say it about yourself or about me? Oh, about me. Mia picat fisa. Mia. Mia picat fisa. And ura hai lagara. Ura hai lagara. Oh, yeah. Minte creatza. Minte creatza. Never mind, never mind. Moving along, uh, this might be a good moment uh, for me to ask a few tips from a Romanian uh, how to blend in and act Romanian. Ooh. Are there any Good cliches question. I should follow to blend in. Oh uh, boy, to are blend there in. so many cliches. Really? <laughs> not, not, the, not the driving one, obviously, because I don't have a car. Well, you know, okay. the one where they, they all drive like they're really late for, for well, a wedding Well, this happens mostly in the capital, in Bucharest. <laughs> oh. Here in Brasov, time, time uh, flows a bit slower, so it's fine here. Hmm. Um, we have so many cliches, I don't know where to start, but most of them are negative, you know, because everything is Aww. always emphasized on the negative of course. side. Of course, everybody it's loves complaining. That. The Romanian is a know-it-all, fix-it-all. So basically, you don't need a plumber, you, know, you don't need a, the super to come to fix your stuff. If something is broken, like your fridge, or if your sink is broken, or if your stove is broken, you know how to fix it because you're a Romanian and you're good at this kind of stuff, obviously. Oh, right. oh so good around the house. 
Good, very good around the house. Romanian yeah. men, good around the house, can fix a light bulb. <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> so let's get back to uh, Transylvania a bit, the region where we are, in the lovely city of Brasov. You mentioned that there were different languages and different communities li living together uh, here. How does that actually uh, work out today, nowadays? Mm -hmm. Well, our heritage has uh, these three main cultures that uh, gathered here, the Armenians, Germans and Hungarians. And you can still see it today, even though it's not as, as, as big as it was back then. And uh, we have a very small community of Germans still living here. But we have uh, two major German schools uh, and a lot of people go there to study. So you have a lot of in German, German. speakers in German language. Oh, wow. So you have a lot of German speakers here and it's a very good language to know when you go throughout Europe. Mm, and it's of course very appreciated by German tourists. Yeah, I think yeah, because some, some parts of this region obviously have a very German feel. Yeah. And not least Brasov, which we'll come back to. Um, mm -hmm. So I've heard lots of German on the street on the streets. There are plenty of them, plenty of them. And uh, then you have the Hungarian part, which is the, it's much bigger than the community of Hungarians and the German one. And basically, all of us have German, uh, Hungarian friends, uh, speakers of Hungarian language, and you will hear it a lot in the in the streets and uh, in the pubs and so on. Right. Well, uh, talking about uh, the German community, actually, there's a little surprise in the podcast later on. There's an interview of, of somebody from that actual community that is very strongly linked with the city of Brasov. I'm saying that so that people keep listening because yeah, yeah, it's like suspense. It's suspense. <laughs> Although this is fascinating, obviously. Well, Why you. they would stop listening is beyond me. Um, should we have a quick word about vampires? Because it's so strongly associated with Transylvania. The vampires... Uh, actually nowhere to be seen, just mm -hmm. on t-shirts mainly, right? Oh, t-shirts, you know, yeah, and small items that you'll find in the souvenir shops. And put on your fridge when you get home. <laughs> yeah, something like so that. So what, what happened? Why is there such a strong vampire vibe for the tourists? Well, we have to thank uh, Bram Stoker, the famous Irish author, and uh, yeah, it all, uh, it's all started with our bloody ruler that uh, he put it I would say that if you like something very much and you put passion in it, you might become famous one day. And that's what he did. Would you say, if you like someone very much, you put a stick in it? Or you can rephrase it and say that <laughs> as think, well. Because yeah. he did that a lot. Because we're talking, of course, about Vlad III, the mm -hmm. impaler, who, also known as Dracula, and that's where Bram took the name from. Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, actually, he was already this very bloody character and uh, together with a dragon that was uh, reinterpreted in a, in a devil way so the people from uh, Valachia they called him uh, Dracul uh, he had his these two names and Dracul means the devil so he was like a very um, powerful negative character uh, very scary and you had so many stories going on mm. and you know what happens when People tell a story from mouth to mouth and it just ends up, uh, this, uh, it, it goes out of hand, let's say. Actually, Vlad uh, III, uh, to get this straight, wasn't ruling in these parts. He was a ruler of the south of, Ro of Romania, right? Yeah. Of Valachia. Yeah, actually, um, there's always this confusion. Vlad the Impaler was a ruler in Valachia, but Dracula goes on in Transylvania. And the, this change of scenery is a confusion for most of the Dracula people. the book, you mean? Dracula the, movies, the book, yes. yeah, yeah, yeah. And yes, they're um, set in, in Transylvania. Well, I think if, if uh, you're an author and you want to make a great book, 
you know, um, you have the choice between setting it in flat Valachia with mm. just fields or beautiful Transylvania with mountains and castles. Yeah, actually, yeah. Uh, Bram Stoker was uh, very inspired by the ruler, by Vlad, uh, how, how his life and the way he acted and all of the impaling going on. And all of the stories, again, that went uh, completely out of uh, the reality. And then it, it motivated him to study the folklore and the mythology of this area. And he discovered that we also have Transylvania right next door. And this is a, a bit more interesting for his story, a bit more suited with all of the forests and the cliffs and the castles on the cliffs and so on. So basically it was uh, picking your ingredients to set up the perfect scenery for your scary uh, story about vampires. And he did a good job because we're still talking about it today. Yeah, the, yeah. <laughs> the proof is that when we go to the Brand Castle, mm. and you can buy hundreds of different fridge magnets with Dracula. <laughs> Very <So>. creative ones. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, some are okay. I like the t-shirt that says, uh, bring me more tourists. <laughs> and it's Dracula drinking a glass of yeah. red, well, blood, not wine, mm. obviously. <laughs> But it's great for tourism. Yeah, it's, for it's sure. a good excuse to bring them here and then we can show them, you know, we have other stuff as well. And yeah. The only thing I, I would have to say to that is I think it's such a beautiful region, you wouldn't really need that normally mm. to get um, tourists' interest. Mm. Well, I agree with you, but uh, whenever you have a very beautiful thing, if you keep it hidden, nobody will see it, nobody will get interested about it. That's true. So we are mm. still working on our marketing skills, I guess, and trying to raise awareness and to promote our, ourselves. It, it, things have been working better and better, but still we are uh, far away uh, to get uh, where we want to be. But it's a good start, you know, at least people are coming here and uh, with this excuse they are still discovering, uh, discovering other very interesting stuff and maybe they are coming back or telling their yeah. friends. Talking about hidden jewels, no. uh, I think we can move along to the crown city okay. of Brasov. <laughs> yeah, because it used to be called Kronstadt in mm -hmm. German, which means the crown. So I'm going to be mentioning crowns a lot, I think. Yes. So we can talk a little bit about the... Uh, actual city of Brasov, where we are today. Really enjoyed discovering it. If you don't mind, I'll have a tiny introductory yeah, uh, history song, <laughs> because we're going to talk about history. Mm -hmm. <laughs> well, before us, there were people too. They did stuff, stuff, just like the stuff we do. Except the stuff that did do was well before, before me and you. song the Hungarian king when he was here he brought the Germans I mentioned it in my song because I went on the tour so I know a bit about it Good. but I want to learn more so sorry I totally interrupted you no problem <laughs> German feel 
Okay, so the Germans, they were very good craftsmen and they were dealing mostly with trade and crafts. And that was back in the... So from the 12th century and uh, later on. So they had this great reputation throughout Europe. Yeah, and uh, also the Hungarian king, they thought that they are fit for this area and capable of defending it because this was the main reason to bring in the Germans mm, here. Obviously, with the Ottomans in the south, you need solid yep, walls. Exactly, and Brasov, our city, was uh, in the south, uh, southeast of Transylvania, so it was mm. really close to the border with the Ottoman Empire. Sure. And you needed someone strong and capable to, do, to defend this area. And who more capable of organizing a city? Than the Germans, exactly, <laughs> of with their rigorosity and all of their regulations and so on. Right. And they were very smart people. They would tax you. They would. You would have to pay for everything. I mean, if you wanted to sell your goods, and Brasov was at the crossroads of trading routes linking the Ottoman Empire, going through Western Europe and so on. And if you wanted to sell your goods here, you'd have to put them on the market for three days, and you'd have to. Everything was measured and weighed, and uh, you have to pay taxes up to 20% of the value of the goods that you were selling. So it, it was, but it was they very were clear. very good businessmen. Yeah, and it was all written down and that's what's fascinating. Because they were so organized, mm. I think that's the reason why since they arrived, there are such good records of uh, the history of the city. Actually, we have clear records, yeah, definitely. A lot of things have been well preserved since then. Ger German uh, thoroughness, just <laughs> bringing us out of the dark ages. And yeah. so the city became very German. But weren't the two societies living slightly parallel to one another? with the Romanians. Yes, because the Romanians weren't allowed that much in this, inside the city walls. Mm. Once the city really was up and running by the Saxons, by these Germans, uh, it was kind of a separate society maybe to the Romanians living next to it. Well, uh, actually, the three, the three uh, communities, the German, the Romanian and the Hungarian mm -hmm. one, they were living next to each other, but very separate, and the Germans made sure of this. And yeah, they were very strict about the regulations. I guess they didn't want it, uh, anybody to mess up their plan, and they just wanted to keep it uh, in their community, so that things will work on their own terms and regulations. And, you gotta uh, love the Germans, I mean. Yeah, that is, it, things are working with the Germans. So. It is so funny <laughs> that um, cliches just go through history <laughs> like a breeze. Mm -hmm. <laughs> nowadays, but yeah. they did a wonderful job with the city. And um, maybe you could say a couple of words about the architecture because that's, that is one of your strong, strong points, if I'm not mistaken. Yes, yeah, yeah, uh, it is. Well, um, I love the architecture of our city and I, I think it's quite unique. Even though um, the Saxons that came here, the Teutonic Knights originally, they fortified many cities in Transylvania and mm -hmm. you will see a lot of similarities between them from an architectonic right. point of view. I heard a German person referring to Transylvania as Siebenburgen. Exactly, it means the uh, blend of the seven fortified cities because in Transylvania we have seven main fortified cities and then you have plenty of smaller ones. Mm -hmm. But you have this... Brasov is, one of, Brasov is one of the main ones. Right. And um, the, their, their organization is very similar. And you'll have the, the citadel walls, you have the fortress walls um, with towers, of defense towers and bastions um, and, and in the corners mostly. And lots of it is still here today actually, lots of towers, a lot of the walls have been preserved. Well, what's uh, remarkable and surprising is that it's still quite intact and it was preserved quite good. And uh, we have a mm. lot of medieval influences from the fortification era. And later on, we have a lot of Baroque uh, elements 
throughout the city because also we had major events throughout time that changed the image of the city and on the medieval layer uh, how it all started and with mm -hmm. fence uh, uh, elements and so on uh, we had a great fire for example in 1689 that oh, swept yes. across the city destroyed everything and they changed the face uh, of the city and all of the lot. houses all of the wooden houses they burned to the ground and then you had to rebuild everything so most of the houses you see in the city date from after this fire so it's, it's interesting you will see layers yeah. of history reflected in the in the architecture of the houses so it's really interesting to 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 observe what happened there. Oh wow! Just with a walking. And is it built in a German style, the housing? Hmm. Uh, I wouldn't say it was necessarily built in a German style because um, it was more like a European style somehow. Um, oh, right. It's probably a mix, uh, look, which is it, uh, a mix, fairly yeah. fitting, uh, considering yeah. Germans, Hungarians, and Romanians were living in the same vicinity. Exactly. Uh, I'd like to mention uh, a guy I think that we're not talking enough about. <laughs> it's a lot Vlad, Vlad, Vlad who didn't actually live here. Uh, and I think Johannes should get a little mention. I like this guy. Yeah, we have two Johannes's right now in oh, really? Romania. <laughs> oh, not the president. Well, not the, we also have a president. <laughs> you also have Johannes. a German president. No, yeah. I'm talking about a different German mm -hmm. that also lived and did lots of things in Romania. And that's Johannes Honterus. Honterus, yeah. Honterus. Yeah. He was actually one of the most influential characters of our history. And in Romania or Brasov? In Transylvania. In Transylvania. In Transylvania. And we do not mention him enough. I know, right? That's why he gets a song. Oh, okay, cool. <laughs> okay, the Johannes song. He's the man. Why do the bad guys get all the fame? If you don't kill and impale history, won't remember your name. I'm not saying that I'm jealous or anything, but it would be kind of schön a bit of remembering. I've got a really recognizable massive beard too, but you still can put a name on it. No, no, can you? I'm Johannes Honterus, born in Siebenburgen. Change can start for the better, and of that I am certain. I wear a silly black hat, but I'm pretty smart fellow. Cartography, grammar, theology, I'm a richtig, richtig pro. I'm a Lutheran, a humanist to the bone. Entschuldigung, that I didn't murder innocents for a throne. Studied in Vienna, Vienna, many things that would help me pursue knowledge for the common good. I redacted a manual of cosmography in verse so that you can remember where all the planets should be. I'm fond of books, I print and write them. I'm quite brilliant. Why is it that I'm not as celebrated as the tyrant? I'm a Lutheran humanist to the bone. Why is it I haven't yet got a song? Well, Johannes, it's because you're German. But here you go. Johannes, 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 you're the man, you're the man, you're the man. Johannes, 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 you're the man, you're the man, you're the man. Your maps will be used for hundreds of years You deserve to be on souvenirs Will somebody make a Johannes fridge magnet? 
please, come on. Johannes, Johannes, Johannes. You're the man, you're the man, you're the man. Johannes, ja Johannes, ja Johannes. Wunderschön, wunderbar, Schnitzelkartoffelsalat. Ein, zwei, drei, Polizei, Johannes. Du bist der Mann, du bist der Mann. Hm, do you like the song? The Johannes song? Yeah. <laughs> okay, very concise, very uh, short at at point at a point. <laughs> <laughs> okay, thank you. I'll take that as a compliment. It is, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, could we mention shortly the uh, crest of the city? It's quite interesting. It's a sort of very rooty tree yes. going up into a crown, of course, that we mentioned. Mm -hmm. Well, what does that mean? Um, it actually, as I, as I said earlier, Brasov was um, at a crossroads of trading routes and the Germans were a very good businessmen, they were merchants, mm. they were making lots of money and they had a very good uh, way of thinking. And um, soon enough, Brasov became the most important city in Eastern Europe, the, most, the richest one, uh, and a lot of things were going on here, and oh, it developed wow. really quick because of this. So the Germans were really helping it a lot. And it became like a jewel amongst the other cities, and it was called the Crown. And yeah, it had a name, Kronstadt, which means City of the Crown. And in parallel, you had a Hungarian name, which was Brasso, after a river. And also the Romanian uh, name, which is right. which in documents is attested as a Latin name, Corona, which also means crown. It does, or beer that tastes disgusting. <laughs> Mexican beer. Beer that you shouldn't buy. Never buy that. Okay. Never drink that. Or drink the local beer, the Tsukash. Yeah, we have our own local brewery, yeah, the Tsukash. It's, uh, its logo is a deer, so search for oh. the beer with a deer. Beer with a deer. Yeah. It's oh. not too sweet, not too bitter. I guess it's just right, in it's, my opinion. It's, it's fine. Good. Well, of course, with the German heritage, you better... Obviously, you know how to make the right kind of beer. Oh, so, uh, yeah, I'll put a little picture, obviously, of this crest underneath mm -hmm. the podcast. Uh, it's quite interesting, and it, it symbolizes... I don't know, lasting strength, the tree or something like that? I'm not quite it sure. has many interpretations. Basically, the. Let's make one up. Let's make one up, okay. <laughs> I, you, can you you I can tell you a legend. I can tell you a legend. Right. Well, I'd happily hear um, about that legend mm -hmm. that you mentioned. Would you like, like a little uh, soundtrack to it? Like something oh, mysterious? <laughs> okay, okay, we're going to put a go. lot of pressure on it. <laughs> it has to rhyme. Okay. I'm joking. <laughs> so there was this King Solomon who was living in Transylvania and he wanted to fight the Ottomans from the south. So one day he was with his army in the valley and the Ottomans were coming. He didn't want to be recognized. So he jumps up with his horse. He goes to hide in the forest where he leaves his crown on top of a tree trunk, not to be recognized. And then he goes to battle. He fights them. He wants. When he returns, he finds his crown on the tree trunk that had got roots and it was there forever so this was a sign for him that he should build this city on top of this tree trunk 
this is how the shove developed. <laughs> wow, what a story. And the crest makes a lot of sense now. Yeah. <laughs> Walking tour is great, by the way. Would you like to mention uh, who does that? Well, uh, we are NGO, an NGO. Uh, so a non-profit. It's a non-profit organization. My colleagues started it four years ago. They thought that this is a good concept throughout Europe and we should have it also in Romania. It's a good idea. It is a good it's idea. It's for free tours yeah. uh, for the tourists. One of the best things I did here. Uh, we, are, we have a lot of really cool information and a lot of cool sites in Brasov. It was are. such a pity that uh, nobody was there to show them to you. Uh, so accessible to the, to the people. Uh, the name of the association is Walk About Free Tours. Nice. I'll uh, put a link. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> and one of the things we, we see on this very exciting brush of tour is the Black Church. Yes, it's, it's one of the main sites. Yes, it's gigantic and it definitely looks very German. <laughs> <laughs> it's very good that you notice that. Actually, it's the biggest Gothic church between Vienna and Istanbul. Mm -hmm. But compared it looks like to the like the churches in Austria or in Germany, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, compared to other Gothic churches in Eastern in Europe in general, this doesn't have that many decorations and so on. So uh, this and this fact is actually because it represents it reflects the mentality of the Germans that built it, and they wanted to build it big Strong. as a statement. Solid. Solid and yeah. as a statement in front of uh, you know the Ottoman Empire and so on, mm. and they didn't want it to build it necessarily heavily decorated. So you will see a bit of austerity and conservatorism in it. And I, I, I can definitely say, being from Transylvania, that the people here living in this area are very different than the people from the south and from the east. Uh, and we are a bit more conservator and austere and so on. So mm -hmm. I think it's a very good example that reflects the identity of a people oh, wow. throughout time. So the building reflecting the people around it. Yeah. That, is, that is great. And obviously the whole building is very special, but it's also got a very special organ inside it. Yeah, it, it, has, it actually has the largest pipe organ in Eastern Europe with over 4,000 pipes and very difficult to play. Oh, we wow. have only one family in Brasov that knows how to play it. And this is where the special oh, exciting yeah. interview comes comes through. <laughs> okay. This is it. This is the moment I uh, I met up. Uh, I caught him uh, and I forced him to answer some of my questions. You forced him. Okay. And he showed me the organ. Actually, I went up in the church. Wow. He was very nice. Oh, and his name is Eckhard Schlant. Okay. And that definitely sounds German. But he was born <laughs> okay. here. He's uh, mm -hmm. Romanian, as you will uh, understand from this interview. Let's uh, give it a listen. Diese Orgel ist die fünfte an dieser Stelle. Nicht im Laufe der Jahrhunderte die Orgel dauern auch. This organ is the fifth on this particular spot. Through the centuries organs do not last forever. After the great fire of 1689, where the whole city was burned, and so was the church, we had a temporary organ from the rest that we could still use from the previous organ. And this organ was placed on the ground floor. And after 150 years, in 1838, the people of Kronstadt, Brasov's name back then, decided that the best was good enough for them now and they asked a Berlin organ maker Karl Buchholz to make this new organ. They didn't discuss what he suggested, they just paid. It was not cheap but after 150 years 
it's still in a perfect state, in, his, in its original state. And then this is me saying, oh, but we can hear the mechanic of the organ when the organ player is playing. But that's just because I don't really know my organs that well. And this is me rambling. <laughs> of course, I was not alive back then, but mechanical organs do make this clapping sound when they are played. It was renovated around 10 years ago, but there was not that much to do. We just cleaned it. And Buchholz uh, mainly worked in Berlin, in Germany, but an interesting fact is that this organ in Kronstadt, Brasov, is his biggest organ. Actually, it's not in Germany, his biggest, it's here, it's this one. He had many apprentices, but this is the only organ by Buchholz in Transylvania. He had apprentices that built their own organs, and there are some of those here in Transylvania. We say Siebenburgen in German, the Siebenburgen. Region. Now, I'm asking, why are you speaking so good German, uh, but you were born in Romania, and it's, it's my native language. Is it still present here in the area? Less and less. But you must, now that, you must know that it was 800 years ago, and our ancestors came from Flanders, from Luxembourg, and that area, from Moselle, and they talk a dialect, which we still use in Siebenburgen uh, and also in Luxembourg talk. It is very similar to the uh, dialect in Luxembourg. The people who have German roots call themselves Saxons, Siebenburger Saxons, and I talk mainly in dialect. Not everybody can do it. I understand it very well, but I talk it not that well. But the, that's not that important. The roots are German. And how big is the community of uh, Romanians with these German roots here? About 1,000. And you've been playing here for a long time? It's been 50 years. <laughs> Has it changed a little bit or is it still the same organ here? Well, we renovated it a little bit, but apart from that it's still the same organ. Okay.
let's move on a bit and let's uh, change subjects completely. There's something I know nothing of and that usually is the first thing we encounter when traveling through a country is the food. Would you like to talk a bit about the food? What makes <coughs> Romanian food uh, special and what are your oh boy, well, the first main tendencies? Thing, well, the first thing I would tell my friends is be careful, Romanian food is quite heavy, eat it with pickles. <laughs> Not to get, you know, uh, <laughs> oh, with pickles, really? Yeah, they actually have a lot of the big foods. ones or the little ones. It doesn't matter as long as they're uh, as no. they're you know sour. No. Okay, so obviously Romania, yeah, there's a mix of cuisines of all of the people that have lived here or have passed through here throughout and time. And that is a lot of people, of course. A lot of people, yeah. Lots and, of cultures. Uh, in Transylvania, for example, you will find you will definitely find a mix of German, Hungarian, and Romanian cuisines. And you'll find foods that have a German or a Hungarian name, and you'll find them in our menus. And I think mm. it's really interesting to try them all, just to see how they are. And also you'll find Turkish cuisine and Bulgarian cuisine, because we had also a huge migration of Bulgarian people, also here in Turkey. Obviously, when the Turks arrived in their country, they maybe preferred coming up here? Is that when it happened? No, actually, when they built the black church here in Brasov, they needed people to work with. So they invited Bulgarians uh, from oh. the south of Valachia because they didn't have a very good life there. And they promised them a good paycheck and a better life. So we had a huge migration of Bulgarian population between the 14th and 15th century just to build the black church. So the Bulgarian oh, wow. population is here in Brasov, not in Transylvania. Yeah, it so it's sense. a particularity, I would say. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And from there, we have uh, we have a few traditions, and the cultures have mixed together. So it's quite interesting to discover this. So, what would be a traditional dish, a typical dish? I don't know. I, the first thing that comes to my mind is the sarmale, which mm. is uh, minced meat, uh, pork and cow, uh, minced meat uh, rolled in a cabbage leaf, a sour cabbage leaf. Oh, right. And you let it there to cook for two hours. Uh, it's very traditional, actually. Oh. Um, and it's quite interesting to eat, but it's quite heavy. Yeah, probably have um, a glass of wine with that. Probably yeah, have a, a nice glass of Romanian Romanians, wine. I think they drink yeah. not that much wine. More they have, we are a beer nation, more than wine nation, but we also have a lot no, of good that's wines. Gonna help the, that's not going to help the digestion, yeah, is it? Yeah, no, not very good. <laughs> And I would recommend to you uh, from the Hungarian dishes, for example, you have it all around the streets. It's Kurtos Kolak. It's a sweet. It's actually um, not something like a pastry. And oh. it's a, a cylindrical thing. It's something rolled uh, on top of a cylinder oh. and then it takes shape of yes, a cylinder. Yes, I saw these. They, they kind of, they're pretty high yeah, and yeah, empty yeah. in the middle. They're exactly. these empty tubes. Of, uh, it's a spiral, sugared, actually. Sugared uh, uh, dough. Really. Yeah, it's a dough coated it's with uh, nice. sugar, caramelized, and Yum. with uh, almond or um, this kind of thing. It's really good. Should mm -hmm. I drink a glass of uh, palinka with that? Okay. Well, if you drink a glass of palinka, you are warned. I can tell you from now. Because palinka is it can your get really strong. local yeah. liquor. It's very okay. strong. Yeah, this is, uh, you'll find it throughout Romania. Of course, it, it will be a bit different from each region that is you find it. Is it called palinka or tsuika? Because I've heard well, both names. Actually, there are both names. Uh, palinka is uh, it's less strong. Tsuika is a bit stronger. Do you like it yourself? Do you enjoy a bit of palinka oh. or tsuika? 
It's more like a social gesture. I wouldn't say, oh, okay, nice. this feels like a good moment to have a palinka shot. No, it's more like a social thing. I'm with tip. friends mm. and we are, you know, uh, okay, let us show you our uh, national drink. And, and uh, then just make, just make drink fun it of you. And then make funny faces. You go, oh, this is so strong. <laughs> this is so strong. Yeah. But I think the, the trick uh, and the tip we can give to listeners is if you come here, maybe uh, try the homemade ones. Don't, mm-hmm. don't actually buy them in the shops. Yeah, well, um, even though it's illegal to make them at your in your own house because you need a particular equipment for it. Know, but the ones in the a shops are so bad. People. Yeah, I know, <laughs> I know. I can definitely relate to that. And actually, I know a lot of people in the countryside that do it. Mm-hmm. Uh, they have this equipment. Uh, it's not necessarily official, but uh, they have it. Sure. And the they do a very good job. And most of the times, it's much better than the one you find in the shops. So mm. definitely worth a go, worth mm. a try. Yeah, much uh, better quality of alcohol, so mm-hmm. it doesn't burn as much. It's just m- more enjoyable to drink, I think, the homemade yeah. ones. Yeah, and mm. it can go up to 70%, just to be clear. <laughs> we haven't mentioned that. So it can be quite strong. Oh, wow. That is, And that's the percentage of alcohol, not the percentage of the bottle that is no, filled. No, no, of alcohol. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so be warned. So it's yes. not actually vampires you should be aware of, it's the palinka. <laughs> That's, well, if that's you drink enough palinka, you will be afraid of vampires as well, probably. But Definitely <laughs> have some strange mm. ideas. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's refreshed our minds and palates, I think, with this little shot of knowledge <laughs> here. Um, and well, after all this knowledge, I think it's fair to say um, the pika fisa a little bit, doesn't it? We've learned <laughs> lots of things. Say yes, I guess say you. Again. Yes. Wow, because we learned so many things. So I think it's time to say to the train station, Ura Ailagara. <laughs> well, I'm hoping not this, at this moment, maybe later on today, but yes. We... Oh, metaphorically, the train station <laughs> being getting on with our lives. Ah, uh-huh, okay. Mia Picat Fisa. Well, listener, I hope your Picat Fisas as well. I hope your coin dropped and you learned lots of things today with Elena and I. A big thank you for listening. Watch out for the next episodes. And also, on the website, there is a map where you can follow my progress. Just click on the cities, enjoy podcasts and songs. See you soon. Bye-bye.